So what I wanted to share with you today is sort of my vision for our church, what would be what I call our internal vision part of our overall vision. Our overall vision is out, but there's an internal part of what we are as a church in here. And so um, I remember about three years ago, Becky had a dream. And this, this is back when God really began to release the revelation of grace to us more, a higher level of revelation on, the, on what the grace of God really is. And in this dream, Becky saw this river, and it was uh, a blue river, and it was flowing with a really, the current was really very powerful in this river. And in the dream, she said the river was, was like it had this drawing power. It wanted to draw you into it, Plus, but there was a sense of danger this river was a dangerous river. The grace of God is really dangerous. And God really uh, has, you know, has really released His river, the river of the Holy Spirit, which is a really a river of grace to our church. And uh, that river is, you know, of course the Bible tells in Revelation 22 that that river literally is uh, flowing from the throne of God and it is of the Lamb of God. And when Christ was crucified on the cross, uh, John 19 says he was pierced with a sword by the Roman soldiers. And when he was pierced, it says water came out of his side. Water and blood came out. And that was when the river got released into this world, into into the earth realm. And so we have this river that comes from the throne and it actually uh, originates in the side of Christ. And we've really enjoyed that river. But rivers do have a current rivers take you somewhere and so rivers don't sit still so the Lord has done so much for us I'm just so thankful for what he's done in our church since last year it's been almost a year now since we've really seen that thing get really released Um, and that river really continues to flow to this day and it's really taken us somewhere and that's really sort of what I want to talk about where I see it has taken us and and what God wants it to look like I'm going to start out with Matthew 25 Um, verse 34 through 36. Um, Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. So that's just, I want to just stop there when I read that. That's just really great. There is a kingdom that is our inheritance that the father really wants to release to us. And when we are born again, that kingdom, uh, we, we, have, we gain entrance to that kingdom. And that's the beginning of the kingdom of heaven. Uh, then it goes on and says, and isn't that wonderful though, that we have a kingdom? I mean, that's just exciting to me. I mean, when I think about it, it's just really exciting. But, so uh, then he goes on and, and, and says some things. He says, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. So, you know, these are really important things that Jesus is saying right here in in relationship to his kingdom. And what you really see in this is that God really is concerned about the entire person, entire man. Okay, that's what it's really saying. He, God really is concerned about our, the, our physical body. Okay, that's a concern of God. God wants to meet our needs physically. God wants to meet our needs 
for the realm of our soul. And he also wants to meet our needs for the realm of our spirit. Okay, so God really, and if you study, if you look at the Lord's Prayer, which is really a, it's just an amazing prayer, it becomes more and more amazing to me is, you know, the further I go with the Lord, the more amazing that prayer becomes to me because it addresses those three areas of our life, our body, our soul, and our spirit. It addresses the, the needs that we have in those three areas. Um, I wanted to read a verse, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. This is Paul's uh, rewording of what I just read to you. Or, uh, it says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify, which means set apart, you completely. See, Paul's echoing what Jesus God is interested in the complete man. And may your whole spirit soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Your soul, your spirit, your body, the Bible clearly addresses that God is concerned for. Um, so, you know, we see that Jesus had this heart to minister to those three areas of our lives. And I wanted to just give you a, a few things that it, that it says uh, about well, not that the Bible says, but these are, these are true needs to, about the, those three areas of our life. Number one, the body has a need. I'm talking about your physical body. Each of us have a need for identity, okay? We have a need for security. We have a need for protection. We have a need for acceptance and affirmation. That's what our body needs. It needs those things. You know, God's concerned about your identity. God's concerned that you feel accepted on this, in this world. He wants you to be affirmed. Those are areas that, that God wants to address for your body, not to mention your physical healing. So let's just stop right now, Dave. All right, who in here has backache this morning? Lower back pain. Anybody got lower back pain? Stand up. We're going to pray for you. Everybody stand up who's got lower back pain. I believe the Lord wants to heal you. He showed me earlier. I'm glad I said this. It helped me. All right, people around them, let's put lay hands on them and pray for them. You know, that's why I'm, I, this is sort of the interruption, but this is a good interruption. Let's just pray the Lord's kingdom to come into these lower backs right now. Father, we pray your kingdom come. Kingdom come will be done right now on every one of these lower backs that are standing up. Lord, we, we declare... We declare healing. We declare health. We declare alignment. We declare repair. Just release it now, Holy Spirit. Mm, that's good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just heal, Lord. Heal, heal your people, Lord. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. Let's just pray a minute. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't do that before I started, but that's okay. Whoa. Yes, yeah, good. I mean, you feel the, y'all feel the presence of the Holy Spirit right now? It's good in here right now. Whoa, it's, it's a healing anointing. Whoa, just release it, Lord. You want to heal your people. You love. See, the Lord's demonstrating right now what, he's, what we're talking about. God's concerned about lower backs this morning. Thank you, Lord. Mm, thank you, Lord. The Lord touch your back, George. Wow, there you go. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. You need prayer? Somebody lay hands on Susan back there. Karen, Susan. Whatever. That's all the same. Karen, Susan. Anybody else want the Lord touch them just then? Raise your hand. 50%. Good. Did you got something? Good. See the Lord show. Anybody else? Do more, Lord. Do more. 100%. Those who didn't get touched, touch them. Lord, we are declaring that you are the God who heals. 
Just like Venus shared earlier, you're Jehovah Jireh, our provider. You're also the God who heals us. You heal our bodies. You heal, heal our aches and pains. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Do more, Lord. Do more. So anyway, so the body needs healing. The body needs identity. The body needs security. The body needs protection. Okay, the soul, talking about our soul, our soul needs communication and companionship. Have you ever heard the term soulmate? That's where that comes from. Our soul, part of us, we need friendship. We need close friendships. We need somebody, you know, that's why men and women gather together in pairs. But we also need friendship in, in, our, in our life. So God is concerned about people today. And if you feel lonely today, if, you, if there's a loneliness in your life in, in that area, God really wants to address that. There's a lot of lonely Christians. And really, it is not the Father's will. The Father wants to, to minister to lonely people. So when we have our ministry time today, we really want to li- minister to people who are lonely, who, who feel a loneliness and, and, and there's a lack. If you really have a need for a mate in your life, you see, God really... Those are things that God wants to address in our life. And the last thing is our spiritual man. And our spiritual man needs comfort. Now, notice these are things that the Holy Spirit needs. It needs comfort. It needs cultivating or nurturing. And it needs teaching. I've always wondered, why do people preach in church? We don't preach for our outward man. We don't preach for our soul. We preach and teach the Word of God for our spirit man. Because our spirit man needs to be nurtured. That's what it feeds off. That's what it lives off of. Same, Same reason... You are going to go eat lunch today because your outward man needs that food to, to survive. So that's, that's, that's what God does. So you see, the Father, the Lord has a calling and a, and a desire uh, to, to minister to the whole man. And that means if we're going to really be His representatives, if we're going to be truly ambassadors of Christ, if we're going to be people who represent Him, we have a calling to minister to the whole man, to, the, to, the, to man's body, to his soul, and to his spirit. Our calling is that. And we have to begin to see that. And really one of the things that the Lord is really doing, I really want to emphasize this to you, is God really is looking for ambassadors. An ambassador represents, you know, in the natural, they represent a nation. God's looking for people to represent his kingdom. He wants us to begin to see His kingdom, to experience His kingdom, so we can truly represent it to people. And that we can bring His kingdom into a situation as His representatives. He's just looking for people who who will say, Lord, I want to see the invisible world. I want this invisible. I want it to be made real to me. And I want to be able to give that invisible world away. And that's really what He's doing. And that's how God ultimately will meet, meet those needs. So the one in particular I wanted to talk to you we could talk about a lot of these things, you know, ministering to the poor. I mean, all these are things we, we must do, and we'll be talking more about these in days to come. But the one thing, I, like I said, I'm going to talk about in here is this, uh, I was a stranger and you took me in. It's called hospitality. That God really has a desire to create an atmosphere of hospitality. When we talk about kingdom of God come, kingdom of heaven come, there's no place exists that has more hospitality than heaven. Can you just imagine when a person leaves this earth and goes, goes on, you know, dies here and goes to heaven, what happens to them? And I can remember, I can re- just think this is what it's going to be like when you face God the Father for the first time. 
that he is going to say, I, am, I have looked forward to this day from eternity. Come, you're, welcome into my home. Welcome into your home for eternity. That heaven is the most welcoming. I promise you there won't be anybody who gets to the gates of heaven and walk in and, hey, is anybody here? I mean, do I belong here? Do, are y'all welcome to here? Am I, do, am I in the right place? There will be none of those questions. So when we say, Lord, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, hospitality is one of the manifestations of the kingdom of heaven coming. Now, um, in the Bible, hospitality is the practice of entertaining strangers graciously. The practice of entertaining strangers graciously. And the word literally means, hospitality literally means love of strangers. Love of strangers. And God wants to create an atmosphere, I believe, in our church where He releases a love for strangers. Where when people come into this church, they may not like everything that goes on here, but they'll know they've been loved. Now, we had an experience this past week which I really saw. There, there really is a, a tangible anointing that gets released when this hospitality uh, anointing is, is, is released. We were over at the... Uh, high school, uh, which happens to be a Presbyterian church, doing the student orientation. And the pastor of the church came in to speak. And one of the things that he said, he said, you are very welcome in this place. Something to that nature. So I don't know exactly what What I was more interested is when he said it, I felt the atmosphere in the room shift. I felt literally a sense of heaven come into that room when he said that. And why? Because there was a true gift of hospitality. That, that congregation truly welcomed Mooresville Christian Academy into that church. There was a true welcoming heart. They, we really want you here. And because they wanted here, it released something because that's, it was releasing heaven into the room and it changed the atmosphere in the room. You could feel it. If you were sensitive to that kind of thing, you could feel the atmosphere shift. Something happened in the spirit realm at that moment over there. And it was because of hospitality, gracious hospitality. And God really wants us to do that. He wants us to release that. Let me give you a couple of scriptures, you know, right out of the Bible about hospitality. Uh, Hebrews 13, uh, 1 through 2. It says, Let brotherly love continue. Do not forget, you know, which, you know, when the Bible tells us, don't, you know, do not forget, sort of might need to be reminded of stuff, to entertain strangers. For by doing so, by doing so some have unwitting, unwillingly unknowingly entertain angels. You, you hear that? Let me just say this. There have probably literally been angels who've walked in the door of our church. In fact, there may be, one, there may be an angel sitting in here amongst us this morning. They walked in as a person. They looked like a human being, but really they were an angel sent from heaven to see what's going on here, to see are we being welcomed. I'm a stranger. Am I welcome here? I can see the angels going back to the Father saying, these people need help down there. <laughs> I didn't feel very welcome there, Father. I mean, you know, pour out your spirit more. Do, you know, help them more. They need more. They need to get that this thing called gracious hospitality is actually an anointing. There's actually power in it. You hear what I'm saying to you? All right, here's something old Peter had to say about it. He was a pretty, pretty wise guy when he wrote this. It's uh, 1 Peter 4 9. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. 
First Peter. In other words, he knew the nature of human beings. As we, oh, I don't want to be bothered with you. Leave me alone. <laughs> but literally, this is what the Lord spoke to me uh, once about grumbling and, and complaining. When we grumble and complain about things, we are eroding our reward and our blessing that we can receive now and what we're going to receive in the future. When God asks us to do something and we have this whining heart about it, we're taking away the blessings that God wants to really put in our life. And that's what Peter was warning about. He said, don't grumble, do it, man. I mean, it's, there's a blessing in this. There's power in this. All right, 2 Timothy 1.16. Uh, this is Paul, man. This is another thing. He said, uh, the Lord uh, grant mercy. See, Paul's praying for the household of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. You see, there's a blessing that comes. There's like an apostolic blessing that can get released into our lives as we begin to, to show hospitality towards people and to bless people and, and, and see that God sends strangers uh, on their journey through life to, to us, that they need to be refreshed and renewed, um, you know, and to be warmly welcomed. Uh, and also this thing about chains. Uh, he's, he was not ashamed of my chain. Um, you know, of course, Paul was not talking about a, a spiritual bondages. He was talking about a natural bondage then. But you see, God wants to send people here who have spiritual bondage. Okay? And, and spiritual bondage is not always fun. It's not always pretty. But God still wants us to welcome those type of people in our church. Like, do y'all hear what I'm saying to you? Where people who are not pretty and people who are not acting right always are welcomed into a church. I mean, that's really the heart of the Father. That's what really is at the core of hospitality. It's people come in with their messes. And God's saying, well, you're welcome here. We, we can help you with your messes. We don't want you to stay in your mess. One of the things I didn't share in, in the first service was, you know, what my, one of the heart that I have for our church is if we had a core group of people in our church who come to church not just to be blessed, or not come just because they're supposed to, but they, that you would come literally on a mission. That you would come with your eyes open and your heart looking around to see, what is God doing here this morning? Is that person, that person seems awful burden to me, Lord. Do I need to approach this person and pray for them, or do I need to just sit back here and silently pray? What if, what if we all did that? What if there was a church somewhere where people just didn't come because, well, I'm supposed to go to church and stand up and sing, who came with that kind of heart? They came on a mission. They didn't just come to church, but they came on a mission because their life, they saw their life as a mission. I mean, I think that would be a radical church. I think it would be a church that would turn the world upside down. Now, always I may not come in here feeling that way because there may be days when I'm burdened beyond my ability to deal with it alone. You know? I may need somebody, but I may need that person who's looking and says, you know what, Byron, you're really good at hiding it, but I see it. And I'm here to bless you and help you at this moment. Wouldn't that be wonderful to have that? Not to mention the strangers that come in and you don't know what they're carrying. So that's what gracious hospitality is all about. Now let me switch into a, a little bit of a different gear and take it to the next, next uh, level. Acts 4.20. And these are very powerful scriptures I'm going to read to you. Um, and they speak of the next level of hospitality that God has spoken to our church. God has given us a word uh, years ago through many voices and says that we're, be, we're to be a place of healing hospitality. So you have gracious hospitality, 
And then there's another thing called healing hospitality. And here's the apostles, okay, saying they were in trouble. They got in some difficulties. And they were challenged to quit talking about Jesus. Okay, and quit preaching in the name of Jesus. And this is what they said. We cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. We cannot. See, some of you this morning, let me just say something. Some of you, God wants to reveal His world to you. Okay? And that's what He wants you to talk about, is His world. He wants us to have that kind of attitude. That's what we're talking about. That's what we tell people about. We tell people about this world, not of this world, but there's another world, there's an invisible world that God opens up to us. And we see it, and we hear it, and that's what we declare. And God's looking for people who, got the, who have something in them who's willing to step out there and look foolish saying, saying things that seem foolish and ridiculous in the natural world. That's really what God wants us to do. That's, that's what the apostles did. That's what they did. What are we doing? They were talking about things that were unexplainable in the natural sense. That's what they would testify to. And they were in trouble here because some guy got healed. And they were saying, listen, we can only talk about those things we're seeing and hearing. That's what we're seeing and hearing. We're not just seeing what you're seeing and hearing. There really is, there's two ways of looking at life at least. One is looking at at the way God looks at it. And the other one is the way some of us sitting here look at it. And as long as you look at it the way you look at it, you're going to be defeated. Your circumstances will beat you, and you're going to live a melancholy, depressed, not such a great life. But if you can begin to see it the way God sees it, then things change when you see it from His perspective. And God, that's what God wants Christians to do. How else are we going to be a witness unto Him? What are we going to witness to? Do we have anything from here that we can witness to? From this, that originates from this world? That is not what we witness to. Well, we had a good service today. That's no witness. Hey, we can do a good service. Well, we may not be able to, but Matthew can. I can't. <laughs> I've already settled that. I'm not organized enough. I'm not concise enough. But that's not what we want to witness to. Good services. Well, we had a great service. Music was right on the button, brother. <laughs> you know? is, that, is that what we're witnessing to? All right, now let's go to verse 29. Are y'all good with me? Are you good with the Lord? It says, Now, Lord, now here's the, here they are praying after this instance. Now, Lord, look on their threats. They were being threatened. And grant to your servants that with all boldness that they... This is sort of interesting. Interesting prayer. They didn't say we. Did you catch that? That they. Guess who they is? Have you ever thought about who they is? That they. They is you. They is me. They weren't saying that we. They said that they. That they, okay, may speak your word. That's the apostles' prayer for us. That they may speak your word. And then they said, and here's the way we want you to do it for these guys here, Lord. Okay, because the Lord was already doing it with them. They didn't have to ask Him to do it. He was doing this thing by, by stretching out your hand to heal. Wow. That's what God wants us to do. He wants to stretch out His hand to heal. That's how He's going to give us boldness, by stretching out His hand to heal. And that signs and wonders... 
Something the church says, oh, don't seek signs and wonders. People have said that. Yet they're saying, this is the way we want you to do it, Lord. Through signs and wonders and through healings. Are y'all seeing this? May be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. God really wants us to heal and do signs and wonders. That'll give you boldness. Somebody was talking about fear. Who was it? Ann Murdoch. Well, that gave her some. That, that put some boldness. She prayed for somebody, and the Lord, the Lord did what He does. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And I just imagine that God got so happy that finally He found somebody who was going to pray something that was really great. He started jumping up and down in heaven, and it shook earth. And fortunately, He probably, oh, watch out. <laughs> If I keep jumping, the, the planet is going to zip off into space. <laughs> okay, uh, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the Word of God with boldness. So um, that's really sort of the, the, the standard of the Bible. That, that's really where God wants us to go. Is, is This is really the way they did it in the Bible, and this is really the way they wanted us to do it. And this is really the, the healing and anointing. Now, we're going to do Matthew 11, 2 through 5. One more time. This is the fifth time, Matthew. Fifth time, 10. They've heard this five times, the Scripture. This is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's still good, but I'm thinking, can I do this five times, Lord? But this Scripture here is a gripping Scripture. It became a gripping Scripture to me all summer because that was a scripture God gave me it was like I couldn't get it out of my mind it was like go away you know leave me alone I don't understand this scripture really why do you keep making me think about it Lord you know something just gets in your mind you can't get it out you know like a song sometimes gets in your mind this scripture's been in my mind all summer long I finally started getting it a little bit uh, this is when John the Baptist was placed in prison and you know he was having some questions Verse 2, and when they had heard in prison about the works of Christ, when, when John had heard in prison, so he had heard something, and he was in jail. In other words, he was in a situation where the things he was hearing about wasn't happening with him. Okay? They just were not happening with him. And see, that's what's wrong with some of you right now. You're hearing about stuff, but it ain't happening with you. And you're discouraged about it in your own personal self. You're, you're glad that Jeremy's alive. You're glad that Ann Murdoch prayed for somebody. Oh, great, Lord, you touched this. But in your heart, you're saying, what about me, Lord? Why is none of this happening in my life? I mean, is anybody like that in this room? Because if you ain't, you ain't, you're a lot different than what I have spent the majority of my Christian life being. Just like that with that same question. I would rejoice in somebody's testimony, but in my heart there was this question. Why don't I see stuff like that happen in my life, Lord? You know, what's the story here? Same question that John had. God, you're out here doing all this thing. Didn't you say back there when you preached the Spirit of the Lord is on me that one of the things you did was to set the captives free? <laughs> Isn't that one of the things you said, Jesus? And I'm in jail, and I'm not getting set free. I mean, that's really where his, his situation Why is I'm not happening? This is happening here, but it's not happening here. You know? That was really the thing the Lord was trying to get to me all summer. And uh, he sent his disciples, and they said to him, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? I mean, that's really where he was at. Look, if you ain't it, I'm going to take back everything I said about you. 
I'm going to have to call, you know, call a news conference and say, he ain't it. That dove I saw wasn't real. It was a plastic dove that somebody put on him. You know, and I don't know how he did all that other stuff, but it ain't working. Uh, but Jesus answered. Now, this is what the Lord is saying to me. This is the gold standard for Christianity. This is the gold standard for church. Right here. Nothing else. Every, this is the, you know, the gold standard is the high standard. Everything else is a secondary standard. But this is the goal. This is what you want to shoot for in church and in life. He said, uh, Go tell John the things which, listen, you hear and see. There you go, hear and see. And this is what Jesus said. This is what true success is. The blind see and the lame walk. Oh, wow. What a great time of worship this morning. That was awesome. Yeah, but that's not the gold standard. It's really not the gold standard. Not Jesus' gold standard. You see, we put so much emphasis on things like that, and I think we need to have good worship. Man, that was a great message that somebody preached, you know, whenever. I'm, I know that was a great message you preached a couple of weeks ago, Matthew, or whenever it was. That was a great message, you know. That's good. I mean, we want good messages preached in church. But see, what, what the Lord wants us to do is to shift, to really get a different standard. Because we can have a great standard. All we have good preaching, good worship, good children's ministry, good this, good that. You know, and all that's great, but that's our standard, and that's as high as we're going to go. What He wants us to do is get His standard and say, this is how we measure ourselves. We measure ourselves against this. The lame see, the blind see, the lame are seeing too, and they're walking with them. <laughs> the lepers are clean, cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. That's Jesus' standard. Okay? And, and that's a pretty serious standard. But it's really what God wants us to do. Now, we want to really do, you know, when we talk about gracious hospitality and healing hospitality. I talked to you about being gracious and welcoming and there's a lot of natural things we want to do in this church to make it more gracious, to make people feel more welcomed. And we need to do those things as far as we can do. It's trying to you know, make it better. You know, we're going to add another screen. We just want to do different. Fix the lighting in here where it's more comfortable for people. Those are all great things to do. But really, the, really the real standard of true spirituality and who you really are supposed to be is here. It's not in those other things. See, we can make people feel as comfortable as possible all day long and nothing happens in their life. Their, their lives are not transformed. God wants to transform lives. So we have, this, we have a culture in our church that's wrong. Right now today, our, in, in, in this church, our, our standards are wrong. And what I want to say, my vision going forward, let's make this the standard. Let's make this the culture. And let's let the worship and let's let the preaching, let's let all those other good things be, be as best as we can do them, but they don't measure our success. They're not our standard. Our standard is if people's lives are being touched by God, if people are being transformed. And it may be that day their life was transformed, the music was rotten. It had no anointing on it. It was just dead music. But God changed somebody's life that day. And that's the thing we had to learn how to rejoice in. That's the thing we had to say, that's success. 
but the king calls the kingdom of God came near. I wish you'd have came near in the music, Lord. I wish the preacher would have had something good to say today. But when you healed that person, or when that person got saved, who cares about the preaching? Somebody's life was transformed. And see, we had to make a decision in our heart, is that the direction we're going to go in? And that's really what God really wants. That's, to me, that's where I see the Holy Spirit River going. Is that's where he wants to go ahead. Yeah, thank you. This is a good example. It, who was here Wednesday night? We had like a 30-minute video delay. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that technical difficulties? But here's what I'm learning. God still showed up. I mean, did anybody get touched Wednesday night? I mean, we were, I don't know, I was still here till 10 o'clock. People were laid out on the floor. People were getting healed. People were getting changed. Things were happening. So just to give this illustration of what Byron's saying is, God doesn't depend on what we think He depends on. Well, if we have it this way and it's really flowing this way, then God can move. No, 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 no. He just says, just step out of there. I'm ready to move whether you're... Mm -hmm. If the whole sound system breaks, you know, or, you know, whatever, God's going to move anyway. Yeah. So that's what we want. Yeah, we don't want the sound system to break. We want the air conditioning to work. We want to make the creature comforts as much as we can. You know, and I think we need to do that to minister to the body of, of people's bodies. But really the truth is we want this to be our goal standard. We can have these other intermediate standards like, well, look, get the preachers and sit them down and have a talk with them. If <laughs> they're doing that bad, just talk to them. Go read a book on preaching or something. Learn how to preach in this church. You're killing us. But we're glad we're here because God's saving and healing people and delivering people and transforming lives. There's breakthroughs. That's the most important. It's a culture change that we've got to have. Um, this last verse I wanted to give you. Uh, Blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Blessed is he. See, here's what we need to do. We need to quit being the offense. We do. Because the Lord is just going to offend the fire out of people. You know, I mean, he's an offender. He loves to offend. I mean, he will really will offend and offend and offend and offend and offend you to really help you see his kingdom. That's one of his great ways. Somebody asked me, how do you see the kingdom? This is another preacher. How do you see this kingdom thing? I said, it's living with the offense of it. It's being willing to live with, being, with the offense of the kingdom because it's just the offense that comes with it. People get irritated with you. You know, God just challenges your thinking so much you get sick of it. Like, leave me alone, Lord. I don't want to think about that no more. You see what I'm saying? But what we need to do is learn how ourselves not to, to put stumbling blocks in front of people. In other words, when we are sharing, the, this is an easy uh, example. If you're going to share the gospel with a guy on the street Oh, and I feel the anointing of the presence of the Lord coming now, brother, and, and start all that mess with him. That ain't going to get it with somebody out in the world. They're going to say, what are you talking about the anointing of his presence? Is this some weird thing you're doing to me? We have to learn how to communicate it to that person with all, all our trappings on it. We need to take our trappings off, but speak, the right, you know, speak it right. We don't need to be ashamed of the invisible world. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not ashamed to tell you this morning, I was seeing, when Andy was talking about it raining, I was seeing some stuff falling in this room from heaven. I was seeing these pink and light, you know, pastel colors of streamers coming down in this room. And I know the Lord was releasing something heavenly in here. I'm not ashamed of that. 
I'm, I say it all day. I am not ashamed. I like that stuff. I'm going for that stuff. Open my eyes more. I want to see more of it, Lord. Okay, but I'm, I doubt I'm going to go out there and tell somebody stuff like that who have no grid to understand stuff like that. You know, because what I'm doing is I'm putting a stumbling block in front of them. And so we had to find a way to tell the truth about God and who God really is and what the Bible says He is without being idiots, you know, about being jerks. Are y'all good? So, you know, this is the culture I believe that God wants to release to us. So what I want to ask you today, do you want this culture? I mean, is this really what you really want? I mean, seriously, do you really want it? Do you really like, Lord, that's what I really want. That's what you put me on the earth for, is that Jesus' is gold standard, you know, the miraculous power of God coming into the earth, the invisible world of God being opened up. That's what I want, man. I mean, that's, what I want our, that's what I want our standard to be in this church. I don't want our standard to be music or preaching or good youth ministry or good children's ministry. I just, it's not that. I want all that stuff, but that can't be my standard. That can't be how I measure myself. It just can't be. If that's, if that's it, fine. Look, let's let the people who do that stuff real good, let them do everything. You know, because they can do it. I think sometimes, I'm, I'm going to be, I think sometimes when we talk about ministering to the whole man, in our church, my focus has been totally on the spiritual. That's really what I wanted to minister to. And I hear the Lord saying, Byron, you need to minister to the people's souls and their bodies also. You know, they need that. Now, we do do that more and more. I mean, you know, we're doing a lot more of that. Okay? But I think in the context, God's not saying, uh, He's saying this, don't you dare compromise the truth in doing any of it. Don't you dare give away any of it. Don't give away any of the supernatural. Don't give away any of the kingdom. Fight for the kingdom of heaven. Fight for heavenly visitation. Fight for people who can go up into heaven and get something and bring it back here. Fight for those things. You can fight for those things and you can communicate those things to people and minister those things to people without being, you know, some fanatical, crazy, I mean, you know, idiot about it, you know? We can speak words of life with the breath of God on them. And that's really what the Lord wants us to do. So, yeah, that's what He wants. Thank you, Lord. He's... All right, so if you would like that this morning, I want to, I want to pray a prayer because I'm really going, I really want to go after changing the culture of our church. And what I just share with you is the culture I want to go after. I want to pursue it. I want to go after Jesus' gold standard for this church. That's just in here. You know, there's a whole other thing we've got to do out there. But, so if you would like that, let's just stand. And I want to pray this prayer over you and just ask the Lord to release the anointing for this into your life. Father, right now, just first of all, this gracious hospitality. And Lord, we just ask you to help us become a friendly place, a warm place, a place where people feel welcomed. And we want, we want that anointing of heaven to get released into this room, that heaven is a welcoming place. And so we say, kingdom of heaven, come in the area of hospitality, gracious hospitality, Lord, where the atmosphere in the room is completely changed, Lord because of your welcoming heart. I just ask you to do that. And Father, I also ask you for this anointing of healing hospitality that you have prophesied over this church and you have given to us, Lord, 
is that we would become a place where people's lives could be healed, people's lives could be transformed. And that would be the thing that would thrill us the most, Lord. Lord, I'm thinking about how Jesus, this is the truth, I'm thinking about how Jesus, when He sent the disciples out and they came back and they were so, you know, like, you know, we, you know, we, we healed people, when the demons had to bow and it says that Jesus, the Bible says literally that Jesus bounced up and down, that's the literal strength of the Greek word. He was so excited. It, it says he bounced up and down like a ball when he heard that. He was so excited when, the, when his people began to pull Satan down. And, and it says, he, he said, I saw Satan fall. When y'all were doing this, he was pulled down. That's powerful, isn't it? The, the enemy was pulled down in people's lives. When the people of God rose up and began to do these things that Jesus did. And that's how we can pull them down in our, in our family's life. We can pull them down in, you know, in, the, in the cities and in the streets. We can pull them down in here. It's when we begin to do those things. And Jesus was excited about it. He was excited about it. And he said, oh yeah, and this is really cool, guys. You can really get happy about this. You have a heavenly home that you're always going to be welcomed at. And you're seeing part of that home get released now. And Lord, I ask you to release, release our heavenly home now in this room, Lord. Lord, we want you to change the culture of our church, Lord. We want your standards to be our standards, Lord. And Lord, we ask today, Lord, we repent. We change our minds and say the things that we thought were so important in church those things are going to take second place to what you say is the most important. We ask you today to give that to us as a gift, Lord. Help us to embrace your standards, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Just help us, Lord. Thank you, Lord.